What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Words of Wade podcast, episode 133. I had to look at that. Yeah, I totally. <laughs> I was like, hold on, what the fuck episode is this? Mm. Uh, I, of course, am your host, uh, Wade Blogs, a.k.a. Mr. Quid Pro Quo, a.k.a. The... Wait for it. Wade Blogs. Um, you know what's funny? And... Uncondition, y'all haven't seen this yet because we're getting to edit it. The video of when, when I do that and like everybody's looking around waiting for me to say the rest is pretty hilarious. Yeah, I just gotta sit here and ignore it. It just like, feels really strange. <laughs> <laughs> and joining me, uh, shit, we still don't have things for scan. We gotta come up. Gee, it's scan. It's scan is here. I'm here. I'm here. Scan is here, y'all. And G's here. working on something for her. I'll figure something out. We'll, we'll figure. Because we can't go with the obvious. We do this every week. Like, we can't go with scandalous one. No, uh, I'm here. Scan's here, y'all. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need a Serato. I don't know why I didn't have that when you was here last week, G. <laughs> with the sound effects. Um, <laughs> and, of course, live on location, back in Wakanda, Zamunda, Tanzania, Zimbabwe, Mozambique. Botswana. <laughs> um, G is here, ladies and gentlemen. G is live on location. So, this is the last episode for 2019, the final episode of the decade. Uh, I wish we had like a decade of episodes to look back on and say, "Hey, remember we just started this?" We don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "We don't." We, we don't. But you know, we did miss last week. So I'm, even though I can't share my experience, I'm going to ask y'all: How was your um, holiday time? Um, it was nice, you know. Spent time with the kids, you know. And then moms came over. That was wonderful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, we just kept it pretty simple. The kids were happy with what they got. It was just nice to just to relax and, you know, take in the good vibes of of you know the season. So good. Yeah, yeah. no complaints. What about you, G? How was your holiday? I was exhausted, aggravated, but overall, good time. You know what, G? I do want to say this, and I'm going to say this on the air. I want to commend you because, and and I, I guess we can't take it for granted, especially me, because I'm in a similar situation where we have custody of our children. However, my kids are a little older than yours. And they're kind of, at some this point, kind of self-sufficient. You have young kids, and you have to take them from scrap. And that's a tremendous thing. So I want to say that in front of the nation, how much I respect and appreciate that from you, G. I appreciate that, bro. Thank you. That's a, that's a huge thing. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine me having my my girls at that age. I'd probably die. <laughs> I'd die like. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, it, that, it can that, be a bit hectic. Six o'clock, the six a.m. bedtime, and that seven thirty wake up was me. <laughs> I, I can imagine. No, I still get up that early, but like I said, I I get them up. And I can go back to sleep. Like you're up. <laughs> you're up. Yeah, you like, do everything. Yeah, I, I, I was up. That, that won't nothing I could do about it, and then I'm just getting pulled at from every angle. Well, can you set this up? Can you fix this? Well, what is this? And let's do. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it won't. 
Yeah, it wasn't just from them. It was like from the family. Like when I'm trying to set up something for the kids, the like you know my mom and my sister, my grandma. Like somebody was asking me to do something else for them, and it's just like I, I was just getting pulled in every direction. Yeah, that's but that's overall good. everything. You know, turned out fabulous. And man, that's that's a tremendous thing and I want to salute you brother we don't we don't do that you're funny we don't do that enough so I want to salute you for that because I was just I was actually on, on um the 25th I was looking at the um, pictures you posted and I just started thinking like yo how would I be if I had my kids at that age I'd be a mess <laughs> and you think that now but you know and I got girls too so it's different you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like that's totally different. <laughs> that's a different. That's a completely different situation. Like I remember when my yeah. daughter first had her period, like, and how I was tripping <laughs> over the fact that she had her period. Yeah, I was tripping, I, and she had called me, and I was her first, first phone call. Oh, so I felt good about that. She called me in, in school. Hey, dad. Da, 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 da. Hey, dad. I'm there. This happened. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> and maybe I'm there now. I can imagine if that would happen at home, and there was no like mom to go to. It's all me. Man, mm-hmm. I feel that way now with my kids. Like they don't have a mom. Well, they do, but whatever. They don't have a woman to go to like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. kind of me. So gotcha. I feel that way now. But um, I did want to say that because I think I always see a lot of, especially during this time of the year, you always see a lot of people giving credit to single mothers for making it happen or you know doing what they do just to make Christmas happen for people. So I wanted to make sure I said that to you, G, because you do take care of your business and I appreciate that me too damn it no I'm just kidding <laughs> I'm just kidding I thought I'd be part of the me too crowd ain't hey, nothing I mean? wrong with that anytime somebody say something positive or you know try yeah. to give credit somewhere and they'd hey. be like me too you know <laughs> yeah, I, I, me too I gave credit too me too <laughs> <laughs> so um, as a lot of y'all know um, I didn't do anything and I'm gonna leave it at that cause I get y'all emails too so I'm not gonna talk about what I talk about normally at this time. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> they get sick of me talking about that, so I'll believe it alone. Um, so let's get into, um, of course, what we like to call the rundown. The rundown. The rundown. So the big news of the week, uh, Drake did an interview with Rap Radar. And listen, because I'm a blogger and I have a website, uncutmagazine.net, um, I normally don't plug other websites, other blogs. I always say go to Uncut Magazine. Mm-hmm. But y'all, y'all know y'all follow me long enough why I hate doing interviews. I hate people. So <laughs> interviews are difficult for me. I hate um, people. I do. I hate people. Um, so interviews are difficult for me. Uh, but this was a a classic interview. Not in just the candidness of Drake. He, I feel like he answered most of the questions in an honest manner, mm-hmm. but just the way they pr- propositioned each question, the way they got the information from him. It didn't seem like an interview. It felt like a conversation. Okay. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just, if you, if you want to interview people, I would suggest you go study that interview because that's a great, great interview. But enough of that. Let's get into what we learned from the interview. Um, and before we get into the, the clickbait, okay, before we get into the clickbait of the interview, because I know everybody want to talk about the push part, <laughs> let's get into everything else. Um, 
G. Yeah, I didn't even, um, unfortunately, I didn't get to finish watching um, the interview. I, like, I literally still have it up on screen. Um, but so far, I've been enjoying the interview. Um, to be quite honest, I appreciate how transparent Drake was in the interview. Um, like, one of the, the main things is how even though he him and Yay, you know, are at odds, he still gave gave his credit for anything that um Ye did that inspired him. Like that's to me that's that's commendable. Um just between the stories that he told and taking like filling in the gap, so to speak, not being afraid to um, relive and let everybody know, like, hey, you know, when I first got, like, y'all look at me as, as Drake now, but back then it was just like, hey, I was just some light skinned kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he said it a couple times. Like, yeah. like when he was telling the story about um, when. Like right before Wayne went, um, got locked up, and he was saying Wayne never like pressured him to create a certain way, or you know, this is how we work over here. Like just basically do what you know, whatever your normal process is. And he was like, my normal process is I need forty here, and he said his assistant that you know of ten years. But at the time, it was, you know, his job was to watch over the money. He was like, so why are we going to just flood this white scared boy's <laughs> homeboy out here when we got engineers and producers here? Like, that don't make no fucking sense. But, like, going from, I guess, stories from that, just like he was a no-name, no-power, no-voice to where he is now, he just... Like, it's a great story. It's like a coming-of-age story. Like, so far, what I've been watching, I've been enjoying. I mean, it made me... The the, the point that he touched on of the, um, the artist breakout moment, like, the who is, who is that moment. Like, you riding in the car with somebody and you playing a song and whoever's in the car with you was like who is that and he was like you know new artists need to understand you gotta live in that moment like that's the highest of like of your career like you don't be chasing that high the, the thing that's so funny about it I literally know that moment because I was in the car with somebody and I was playing the So Far Gone album and they literally was like who is that I was like that's great and I was started playing more and more songs and they was just like yo this shit is dope like I like it and it was a it was a female that, that's what makes it even funnier so when he goes into the he was like yeah he was like making music for the chicks and it was like I felt like it was the weirdest thing you could do I just don't want to make music for a bunch of stuff and make right. <laughs> right yeah I do remember him like, saying that yeah yeah like everything he said was true I literally have a moment where I'm in the car with a with a female and I'm playing Drake and she's like, Who is that? And I told her who it was. And she asked for the C 
CD? And I was like, yeah, you can have it. Like, I'll just make another copy. And that was the moment he was describing, like that shit hit 100% nail on the head. So, I, like you said, it's a classic interview. Like, is anybody who, whether you like Drake or not, you, you should watch the interview. I, I'll say that because it might give you a new appreciation for Drake. Um, for fans of Drake, it'll let you see a different side of him or understand him more. Uh, it's just a great interview. It's it's a it's a a, a class in interviews. Like just watch the interaction and how they they disarm him. You know, they ask him the questions they want to ask, and he answers them in in mostly an honest way, not in the what I hate about interviews is always when rappers give you the rapper talk. Like, you know, you ask them a question, they're like, well, you know what it is, you know what I'm saying? You know what it is, son. You know what it is, B. You know how I go. Like, that shit annoys the fuck out of me. So yeah, I, like, that's why I said he was, like, completely transparent. Yeah. Like, it's just, he wasn't afraid to be vulnerable with answering the questions. Like, I don't care how y'all look at me, this is the honest answer. Um, one of my little sisters from HU is a publicist. Excuse me, a journalist, I'm sorry. Um, so she would, like, she would prep us before interviews, like, just randomly ask us questions, see how we responded, point out things that, you know, we shouldn't do, uh, repetitive words we use, things like that. I felt like in this interview, Drake was like, uh, fucking, I'm just gonna be candy. Mm. Like, I'm not gonna give the typical interview. Like, you, you ask me something, I'm gonna answer it, period. Like, fuck, fuck how it's supposed to be perceived for my brand or my career or whatever, I'm, I'm gonna give you the honest answer. Like, just ask whatever you wanna ask. But I'm glad he did that, and I hope that starts more of a trend going forward you know more people just being honest being candid i mean the whole 2020 thing i know we can put that in nail that in the ground a thousand times but let's be more candid next year let's just be more honest about our feelings and what's what's going on now i I do agree with you where it put gave me a new respect for drake i think it made me just look at him as a person you know what i mean and i think that's that's something i guess is is understated because you know we look at artists like artists you know he raps, that's it, cut him off, and you never think about him again. But I think in this interview, it showed his humanity. Um, some of the things he said, and some of the things he didn't say, I noticed. Like, in it's a couple times where he stuttered over, I guess he wanted to say his son's name or somebody's son, but he kind of, if you notice, like, at the beginning of the interview, the very beginning of the interview, he has, when he said he lives in the house by himself, he said, I live by myself, but except, but you know, I live by myself. Like he wanted to say somebody else, mm-hmm, but he mm-hmm. just yeah like, uh, yeah. I, I, see. I noticed that too. Yeah, he wanted I wanted to mention that somebody else is in the house. Yeah, but he caught himself. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not mad. He he has has his, his right to privacy. So you know. But let's get into some of the other things I learned. He said um, he considers "So Far Gone" and "Take Care" both of those his classic albums. Uh, I never liked "Take Care." I haven't listened really? to the whole album. 
I'm gonna be honest. I told you I don't. You know I don't just don't do the whole album thing. I'm a real <laughs> simple, simple woman. Like you know, I like to pick a station on Pandora and just place my shit. But I like some of his singles though. I'll give you that. Some of his singles are pretty popping. You know, um, gets me grooving in in the bar. You know, I have to agree with that. The Drake does make kind of like chick music. Yeah. You know, something that we can kind of understand and relate to. Trying to give the guys side of you, I guess. Side of you. The you emotional know, guys. The of emotional you. view, which don't really believe exists. But well, no, anyway. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't listen to full albums, so I can't really say much more on that. Um, Like I said, I didn't like Take Care. I wasn't a big fan of Take Care. So far gone, yeah. Um, nothing was the same was the one for me. I thought that was his classic album. What about you, G? What did you, what do you think about his classics? Well, um, so far gone, of course, is classic. That's, I mean, I, I still feel like that's one of the best works in in his catalog. Truthfully, that's my opinion. Um, but I mean, take care is widely acknowledged um, by a lot of people as his overall best album. Um, I enjoyed Take Care, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Take Care was a very solid album. Uh, The thing that kind of tripped me out was in the interview, he said that Thank Me Later is like the weakest project in his catalog. And I enjoyed <laughs> Thank but, Me Later. I thought it was dope. But I think but looking at it, like, you know. Um, he just felt like he had too much influence on it. Um, like it wasn't really his to control. It didn't have those personal touches or whatever. So uh, I'll go out on the limb and say, I think take care is what he wanted Thank Me Later to be. I can, I can understand if that. He, if he was able to do it his way. Um, a lot of people forget on Take Care, he has Kendrick on it. And that was before Kendrick like really got to the star status that he had. Um, initially, Kendrick was not credited on the song. He's on the 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 buried alive joint. Right. Uh, I think it's like number six or number seven. It's like right after Marvin's room. But like, so it, it, it's a lot. Like Lord knows is on the album. Like it's it's a couple great songs on that. Yeah, like like you said, I think people widely accept Take Care as probably one of his best albums. But just to me personally, I I, I felt like nothing was the same. It's probably one of his best projects. I, I feel like um, maybe started from the bottom is a bit annoying, but that's just because you, you heard it everywhere. You heard it just <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Over you heard and over that and over everywhere. Again. But other than that, it's a solid project from top to bottom. Um, but I, I guess I gotta go back and listen to Take Care because I hear a lot of people talk about Take Care. I'm just not a, maybe that part. You know, sometimes in your life things happen and you're like, hey, I'm not into this music at this point. When you go back and listen to it, it might be a little better. 
maybe that part of my life I wasn't feeling to take care. I have to go back and check it out. Um, he also yeah he um, he had the um the the shot for me the crew love joint the featured the weekend the take care joint with right. Rihanna Marvin's room of course the biggest single the Lord knows joint Rick Ross like he had he had some some things on that album yeah yeah. Now, of course, he also addressed the whole, you know, ghostwriting thing. And he, he says, and I'm going to quote him here. He says, um, I pull my weight when it comes to my pen. Anybody that knows me knows that's my strongest talent is writing. That's why people ask me to write songs for them. Okay. I guess because we heard the reference tracks, like they leaked. So we know he got someone to write those songs. And mm-hmm. I think if you're not even write them, it would help, let's say, help him with those songs. And I think when it comes to hip hop, and maybe this is an older generation thing, and maybe G, you can speak to this. When, when you're going for the crown, you can't have things like that in your, in your catalog. Because we expect all, if you're the best rapper alive, then you have to be the best rapper. You don't get coached. Rakim never had somebody coach him. Jay never had, you know what I'm saying? I kind of felt like that about, uh, I know, I don't know if you feel that way because it's just rap in general, but like all people who are like Beyonce fans, like she doesn't write half of her shit either. And for me, like, I feel like for her to be put on this platform of being such like an amazing artist, Mm -hmm. now don't get me wrong, she's a wonderful performer. Like, I'm, I can give it to her for the amount of money that she's charging. Like, right. it's a great show. You right. know what I mean? She does put on a great performance. She can sing. But I would expect for her to also be writing her own music. Now, I'm sure there's some songs she might write on her own. But from my understanding, a lot of that is other people writing. writing songs for her. Yeah. And for me, it's hard for me to really understand or relate to you because I don't feel like that's your story it's com- exactly it's somebody else's story you know what I mean you sing it great appreciate it that you delivered it in the fashion that you did <laughs> right but I can't really relate to it as much to you as the individual who's singing it because I feel like that's somebody else's story that you're telling and I think with hip hop it's different because we have a, a more personal connection with the artist mm-hmm. so we, we then look at it like if I bought into these feelings and these emotions mm-hmm. and just to find out that's not even your feelings and your emotions mm-hmm. I think that's still like you it's said it kind of runs the same thing yeah, it's, it's, it feels like you're not really telling your own story right you're telling somebody else's story now, and there's nothing wrong. wrong with being a storyteller it's nothing wrong exactly. with that <laughs> We have but, artists, we have rappers yeah. that do do that. I mean, Puff doesn't write. Diddy doesn't write. Right. You know, we have rappers. But we also don't put Puffy up there as like one of these top hip-hop rappers. And that's the point. Right. That's the point. We have a it's, bunch of these. Go ahead. It's a different understanding um, between hip-hop versus R&B. And I think that's kind of where the lines got blurred <laughs> toggling with, the lines with, with, with drink because <laughs> any R&B artist will tell you even if they're writing their own music like is you know they have input um a lot of hip hop artists actually have input like whether you believe it or not um Ultimately, they, they'll probably just go with their final decision of however they feel about the track. But 
sitting in the studio working on the song and you're writing your verse, it's very common for a hip hop artist to be like, yo, let me know how this sound. Right. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll spit what they have so far and wait for the reactions, wait for the input, and they'll, it'll, it'll be a conversation. Be like, all right, well, I was thinking about going this way with it. Or somebody might be like, well, change this line or emphasize it a different way. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, to be 100% honest, any artist in any genre that says they don't have any input on their music, they're fucking lying. Flat out. I don't believe any artist that says that. Because every artist does. Anytime you ask somebody how something sounds or you play a song, even if you recorded the whole song by yourself, wrote the whole song by yourself, and nobody was present, but you play it for somebody else for their reaction, that's you. Looking for input. Mm Mm-hmm. But see, input but is different from someone with, writing it for with, you. Right, with, yeah. With, with, with the writing portion of it, um, to have somebody write it for you and you recite it, yeah, in hip-hop, that's frowned upon. In R&B, that's perfectly acceptable. They do that. They've been doing that for years. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where the lines got blurred with Drake with the whole ghostwriting thing with... If he's doing singing, like if it's a whole R&B song and The Weeknd wrote it, but he's singing it, that's technically an R&B joint, so it wasn't nobody ghost wrote it. That's a reference track. That's how they, that's how they worked in the R&B world. Mm-hmm. Now, for somebody to write your bars for you, mm. nah, that's complete, that's like, that's, in the hip hop world, that's completely unacceptable. That's frowned upon. You can't do that. And so, we've heard reference. I guess whatever context that somebody pinned something for him, it. it but and we we we've had this conversation like yeah. a couple of times. Like Drake is, you can't put him in that category, so to speak. You can't put him in that mold. I think I think this is going to haunt Drake for his entire career because there's no way around it. From now on, we we never know. You know, we've heard the reference tracks from Quentin Miller. We've heard stuff from Quentin, so we know that hey, Quentin wrote these things, and he's admitted himself Quentin helped him with these things. So now we just don't know. He can come out with a song tomorrow, and I have to wonder, hey, did Quentin help you with this? And for it to be a great. But to be categorized one of the greats of hip hop, you can't have that blemish on your record. That's when we look at Jay Z, when we look at a Nas, or we look at Rakim, or whoever you look at, they don't have those blemishes. They don't have the, or oh, did he write this? Matter mm-hmm. of fact, those people wrote for other people. Right. <laughs> Hell, Nas wrote Getting Jiggy with it. Come on now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just how that. you said it. <laughs> Like that's what I mean, shit. With it. <laughs> that's that's you know what I'm saying. They write for other people. They don't have that. Oh, somebody wrote for them. So that's something that's gonna haunt Drink forever. And I don't think there's nothing he can do to get rid of that. So just nah, just deal with it. 
Now, I did want to mention, of course, let's go ahead and get into the thing because I know you have a scan has a heart out here. So <laughs> he's he he mentioned push, and let's let's be honest about it. I, I should pause that, huh? My uh-huh. fault. Pause. <laughs> I just thought about that. Uh-huh. Pause. Um, let's mention this. We are a Virginia-based podcast. Uh huh. We're in Virginia. Push is from Virginia. With that being said, we're not being biased because a lot of people they're going to say that. Oh, y'all in Virginia, so y'all so no, y'all no, gonna support him. No, let's just be honest about this. Matter of fact, do I have the clip? Let's see if I have the clip. I can play it really quick because I wanted y'all to hear his voice when he said these things. It's very important to me. If we can make sure we get it with no issues here. I tip my hat to the chess move. I mean, it was a genius. It was a genius play in the game of chess. Um, and definitely, you know, warranted my first quote-unquote, you know, loss in the competitive sport of, of rapping. Um, by choice, obviously, because I... I, I realizing like the gap between us allowed him to drop you know a bomb on the world that um that that really became it that was all that was that was all anyone cared about you know i i i sleep well at night knowing i didn't get out barred and i didn't get you know dunned off by some crazy song that i it, it was just you know he told the world that the biggest artist at the time has a kid that he hasn't told you about so um, I, I knew kind of for me, it was, it was, it was over at that point. It wasn't even about battle rap or any of that. It was just the, the, the information was too. Okay. He also goes on to say, and let me just make sure I quote him. He says, some people like push me. Well, some people like his music. I personally don't, cause I don't believe any of it. <laughs> <laughs> just get right to it. Why don't you? Listen. Drake, Aubrey, <coughs> my guy. <laughs> you lost. We just you lost. It happens. Shit. I hate that he tried to minimize it. Like, hey, obviously I took a loss because I, I, I accepted it. Like, no, 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 no. You lost. <laughs> just take your L and go. Nobody, nobody stuck up for Meek when you was bullying Meek. Who you were playing Very back true. a thousand times as you well. was beating him with a whole sandbag. Yeah, so just <laughs> take your L and go. You know what I'm saying? him around a few times. Poor guy was looking real confused too, wasn't he? Yeah. At first. Meek was just like, but what did I do? Like <laughs> nobody said anything. You had all these Meek Mill memes, Man. and you booked the hotel room over Meek and played back to back a thousand times through the night. Right? Nobody said. Anything. anything. So don't you sit here coming bitching because he told something that nobody else knew. Yes, hmm. you are hiding a child, <laughs> which is probably one of the most disrespectful rap lines in the history. Second to, that's why I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. Ooh. Listen, that's going to go down in history. Mm. You can say that out of context anywhere and people will know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I could walk into church and be like, you are hiding a child. And they be like, yo. <laughs> yo, that's that Drake shit. <laughs> you are hiding a child. People know where that comes from. <laughs> he just looks bad trying to cover this up. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, well, obviously I didn't want to do it because we're just so... F- no, dog, you lost. You lost. Stop trying to make it look good. So I try to put fancy, colorful words around it. Take your L. It happens. Jay lost to Nas. Jay will tell you he lost to Nas. 
But it ha- it happens. He took his L. Jade said, "Hey, what did he say? Um, Ethan made me stronger. Take your L and move on. It's okay. You're still famous. Yeah, you're still Drake. <laughs> you're and still it, Drake. And if if we're being honest about it, I don't know too many people who stop listening to Drake because of that. Mm-hmm. We look at him a little differently. We're like, hey man, you you pretty fucked up. <laughs> Cause that's all. You want to tell nobody about your baby? You know, he said he called him deadbeat dad. He called him all types of shit. It's pretty funny. So we looked at him a certain way, but hey, your music still rocks. So right. it, it is what it is. It is what it is. So stop, stop minimizing that loss. Yeah. To be quite, to be quite honest, I think that actually gave him a couple more fans. Truthfully, because some people that were just probably listening to me was just like, I will. That hadn't listened to Drake or hadn't been paying no attention might have stepped over there and like I so who is this dude that he talking about? Yeah. I, I hate the fact that he pushes the narrative that Push gained a career off of that. Push was a successful rapper before then. And once again, we're not being biased. We're just trying to call it straight down the line here. Like, dude, you lost. It happens. Mm-hmm. Nobody's undefeated. Can't always be first. And then the the follow-up to this was he talks about the Meek beef. And he says Serena Williams gave him the advice on Meek. Which is funny, but I'm going to read the quote here. What? Yeah. He says, and, you know, I went to public school system, so forgive my reading. Uh, <laughs> we have been talking a lot about her and Maria Sharapova going back and forth over the years. And she made this comment to me. She said, if you're going to go again, you got to finish it. And, you know, she's a top competitor, so she was like, you got to finish it. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about done, over. It's got to be something that everyone hears and says, oh, he's done. Right. So, put that same logic to, you were hiding a child. (laughs) That's the name of the song there. You were hiding a child. (laughs) What's the problem? This is is what always irked me about this, this situation. Like, you just did the same thing to Meek that was done to you. Take it and move on. You look petty. You look bad. If anybody had a question about if Pusher won, you see now Push because it's still on his mind. Right. He's still salty about this. Right. Push won. Push not thinking about this shit no more. He's definitely not. <laughs> Push just moved on. <laughs> He's still talking about this shit. He's really upset. Hey, Drake, if you ain't first, your last. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> so it's okay, man. Can't anyway. win them all. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm about to say you took the L, homie. Yeah, it, just take it. It, it. Is what it is, just it take is what it is. You still rocking, and you're the only one that was still talking about that. Exactly. Thanks for giving us something to talk about. Appreciate you. Exactly. I, you know, I love it. Keep talking about. It. I'm talking about some more. Right. But dog, <laughs> you. There's no way around it. Even like if, you said, that's 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 the funny part that it keeps coming up. Like, no. Okay. And by him. No, that's the funny part. No, he keeps bringing it up. So that's how we know it bothers you because you keep bringing it up. And the interviewer didn't ask him a question about it. I did. But he expounded on it in such a way that you had to say, okay, well, let's sit down and talk about it. I, you know, honestly, yeah. it just really sounded like he didn't know how to put it in words. It doesn't sound obvious of him just basically saying, fuck him <laughs> because he lost. He to say that. It's really what he wanted to yeah. say. He's like, Fuck him. How about he's, that? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. He's clearly still mad at Push. Without a question. He's, he still has some feelings towards the Push. Right. 
Hmm. Yeah, like literally, hey, look, you just under that. Hey, it's wet. You win some, you lose some. Exactly. Just take it and move on. But he, he, um, again, I didn't finish watching the interview. I just got to see that that clip when he was um, talking about, he was like, oh, yeah, it was just so much of, um, it's no, you know, once he released that, it, it was now about the information. It wasn't about the bars, and I don't feel like I got out barred. It was like, anytime you, in a rap battle, the, the main ammo is the information that you can bring to light about your opponent. And that's why everybody's always trying to dig up skeletons in the closet before they battle somebody or trying to find out information. Mm-hmm. Or that that's part of what it is. It's like, okay, he talked that about you, and what was your rebuttal? <laughs> you didn't have one. You got outbarred. Exactly. You you got outbarred. Let it go, B. You lost. It happens. It happens. Yeah, all like the he time. like he even said it was a hell of a chess move. Yeah. When. That's what it is. It's just That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> so I have another clip here, and let me play this. When he says, um, they Ellie ask him, can you know him and Push ever you know reconcile? <laughs> here we go. Let's go. No desire. To- oh, hello. Let's go back. My I fault. Being, I have no desire to ever mend anything with that person. And um, when he says name, yeah, that situation just went, you know, went. It just went. It just went where it went, and it's just there is no, there is no, there is no turning back. It's not like those other situations that you mentioned. Did you know, push it go, go too far by revealing the child and um, presenting that to the world? Um, well, I'll say this: I tip my hat to the chess move. It's I mean, it was what a I played genius. earlier. It was a mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're not gonna go, go to anything there. But the fact that he won't even mention Push's name. If I if I can quote Push and I, y'all know me, I'm not the biggest Push T fan in the world. But Push had a line. Um, what he said, "The fear of gods and you motherfuckers." <laughs> like, come on, like you lost. Why are you taking this so personal? Like lost. Drake is the type of guy that will holler at a chick, and when she said, "No, I'm not interested." He'd be like, I ain't want your number anyway. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> that's that's Drake. Drake is that nigga. He's doing, he's doing a light skin temper tantrum. Like, yeah, that's all it is. We tend to do that. We're used to being spoiled. He throws a temper tantrum. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> all right, so let's see what else we got here. Um, Like I said, it's a good interview. We're not going to go over the entire interview with y'all because I want y'all to go check it out. But it's a great interview, a very candid interview. Um, probably the best interview of 2019. Like he always talks about how he wanted to get Rihanna's approval before he worked with Chris. Because uh, he didn't want to offend her. Which seemed like a stand-up move. But I don't think I don't think it was necessary. But mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Very respectful move. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, it's a dope interview. But also make sure y'all go check it out. Um, like I said, it's available on YouTube, Rap Radar, all that good stuff. Shout out to Ellie and B Dot and all of them. Um, let's continue on the rundown. All right. Um, so much, so much has happened. It's the end of the year, y'all. So I wanted to get into before we get out of here. I mean, not out of here for the show. I mean, for the year. Um, 
the baby was arrested in Charlotte um, over this was um, Christmas Eve, I believe it was. Um, for he was charged with weed possession and resisting arrest. He actually has video of all this. Um, he posted. Um, it just goes on to show how Southern police officers and people don't think of Charlotte or North Carolina is Southern, but because the same thing I know about Virginia, it's not Southern, but it is. It's the same shit. <laughs> My fault. That was funny. Listen, let's not be sneaky about it. Scan has to go. She's hard out. Because, look, I, I knew the keys were coming, and you were squeaking everywhere. <laughs> Listen, folks, and for me to have to fall off the couch and crawl up to the floor. That was funny. That didn't work out. But, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to cut this. Yeah. We'll see you. Scan's out, y'all. We'll, she'll be back next year. <laughs> you can get a lot of that. It's Mike said, I'll see you next year. Shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, baby was arrested on Christmas Eve. Um, and I think the baby's probably had one of the most successful years in hip hop, if you want to be honest with it. Um, but he was arrested for weed possession and resisting arrest. The Charlotte Mecklenburg police, um, issued a citations. Um, um, he, they got an anonymous tip about weed and firearms within his car. And after he finished performing at a um, uh, a charity concert, <laughs> actually at a charity concert in Charlotte, um, he went to Instagram and showed his wristband and jewelry in a plastic bag and said he was illegally searched and illegally arrested. Uh, it's a lot of stuff you can go on the website, well, go on online his his um Instagram and talk and see what he posted. Um, but he was just hosting a. It's crazy. He was doing a charity event for the city, and that's what happened to him. That's crazy. Wouldn't let that man live. Now let's get into what I really. Well, before we get into that, a couple of weeks ago, and gee, I really want your opinion on this. A couple weeks ago, Andre 3000 did an interview with um, Rick Rubin on his podcast. Yeah, that's me. I don't know the name of Rubin's podcast. Um, but he said he's not confident in making music anymore. He feels like in this this era of music, it'd be criticized and, and dissected more than he wants it to be. And gee, you're an artist. So do you... Um, Sympathize or understand where he's coming from with that? I definitely do. Um, ultimately, at some points, especially if you're, if you take a break or a hiatus or any time away, um, and, you know, as, as we've seen this new constant new waves like the way music is now is nowhere how it used to be like you know it, it was time in between projects it was time in between singles promotions and everything now it's just like new artists pop up every every other day new projects come out every other day so when you're not doing um, music for 
or on that level and you're for for lack of a better way to say it, you're still operating off the old formula, um, you you get to a point where you feel like if you're relevant or whether you can compete, um, if anybody even cares. So I, I think that's just something every artist goes through that takes time away from music, period, overall. Um, I think the shocker was that it was three stacks saying it, and for years, everybody's been begging for a solo project for them. So it's just, it, it's kind of like a catch-22. It's just like he don't feel confident in music when the whole world is screaming, we want the music. So I think that's why that statement was just, just grabbed everybody's attention. But I mean, at the end of the day, as, a, as an artist, if you don't feel confident in what you're doing, um, first and foremost, you can't present it to other people. Like if you if you're if you're not feeling it a hundred percent, then you don't want anybody to hear it. It's one of those things. Very true. Um, but I think that is the kicker about it is that everyone, like you said, they're clamoring for his music. People have rated Andre 3000 as, as some of their top favorite MC of all time. I know people that tell me that, like, hey, 3000 is my best. So to hear him say, hey, you probably will never get a solo or another, quote unquote, solo Andre 3000 project. And this is why, um, on one hand, it's discouraging. But again, going back to the Drake conversation, it makes him more human to me. Like he's just like, hey man, I'm I'm just not feeling it right now. And the way music is consumed, it just doesn't benefit me. Like he has enough work out in the public right now, when you consider the outcast projects that you can um live off of. It's just kinda sad that we'll never get that. 3,000 project that everyone's been waiting for You know and, and for me, I've said this for years I'll never put him In my top 5 Without hearing a solo project from him And I don't mean The Love Below I want a solo album from him Just cause of that purpose And that's just me I said it before, I said it again He's nice, but you know, whatever He says often, as, as he probably should That Big Boy is a better rapper Than he is and of course, Big Boy said he's a better rapper, which is cool. I think the thing that's so funny um, was even, you know, the the fact that I'm, uh, you know, he might not feel relevant um, with, you know, how music currently is. I honestly feel, regardless of what he put out, would change the climate of the culture. <clears throat> I feel like he, he he's one of those artists that regardless of what's going on in music, a project from him will change and redirect where music is going. I think... He, I feel like he's that influential in, in the hip-hop culture. I think the caveat to that is, and I still look at the machine, 
a project done his way. A solo project, of course. Like, a, not another outcast project. Uh, Andre 3000 project done Andre 3000's way. Because he still, I mean, the last thing we heard him on was um, with the Anderson Park joint thing. Yeah, when he, when he dropped the verse on that. Yeah, so he's still sharp. Like, he's still nice. And I'm sure he probably has songs unreleased that he, he just records for fun. <laughs> I, I promise you, I, I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's no hip-hop artist that I feel that is serious about their craft that doesn't have at least two bodies of work unreleased that's recorded now if we get into like songs or verses that they wrote that they never recorded that that's crazy I literally myself um have about definitely two maybe three just notebooks of songs and verses that I've never recorded so I I believe what he has that he hasn't put out it's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, case in point, even um, a lot of people don't know that Kendrick Lamar and Prince did a song together. That never, that never got put out. But Kendrick Lamar performed it at um, damn, when did he? I can't relate. They, they like literally performed it, but it never got like released for real. monumental like that's epic you got a song with Prince like, exactly but it never got put out to the masses like a lot of people don't know that but I believe um whatever three stacks puts out is always going to catch the ear of uh of hip hop like of the culture they're they're all they always have their ears to the street and to the ground to Anytime he might pop up and do a verse or do an ad lib or his name gets brought up or anything. Yeah, he, he's relevant. He's always going to be relevant. I mean, especially how much this generation idolizes 3000. I think it would be. And, and also, devil's advocate for a second. He could be trolling us. He could be saying all this and drop a project next month. I don't think he is though. I take he him for his word. But he could be trolling us. In this generation you gotta think about that. I take him at his word though. I think he's serious. But he could very well just say, Hey, I don't wanna drop a project such and such a blah blah blah. Bam, gotcha. You I don't put nothing over it. You know what I'm saying? In this generation you never know. It's a very Takashi type move. <laughs> Horrible segue. But it's just interesting to hear him, someone who is lauded as arguably the greatest MC of all time, say, hey, I'm not confident in this. And those choice of words, like, just the honesty in it. You know what I mean? He could have said any, he could have gave us any excuse. They could say, well, why you know no album? Well, you know, record labels and this and this. He could have gave us anything. He could say, hey, man, I'm not confident in it. I'm not sure it'll hit. I'm not sure people would like my music the way I want them to. Which is dope. To me, it's dope that he said that. So he admitted that. Hmm. Well, let's get into what I alluded to 
And we're not going to stay long on this because it's kind of old news now. This guy, um, Officer Hernandez. Special Agent Hernandez. <laughs> Special Agent Hernandez. I'm sorry. Let me correct that. Um, for those who don't know, two weeks ago, last week, whatever, um, Takashi 69 Daniel Hernandez, otherwise known as um, Agent Hernandez um, for the FBI, uh, was sentenced to 24 months in prison with time served. So with time served, he will basically be out of jail by July. I have a theory about it. You want to hear it? Go right ahead. <laughs> Here you go. Something's going to happen to him in jail. He's not going to get out in July. There's going to be some an accident or something, or when he gets out, we're not going to know. And he's going to go right back to working at the, F- at the Pentagon, at the FBI desk. This is, this is, listen, this is a movie. Y'all ever see, this is a movie. He is sentenced to jail, and while he's in jail, he's on, something's going to happen to him where they won't release a report, oh, Takashi was killed in jail, or something crazy like that, when in reality, he wasn't. Or, he'll get released in July, and we'll just not know what date. They're like, oh, he was already released, like three weeks ago. And he'll disappear in obscurity. You think so? It's, this whole thing has played out like a fucking movie. <laughs> this whole shit. So it would not surprise me if he's if if that happens verbatim, and I'm gonna come back and tell y'all this is what happened. A lot of people say he's gonna he's gonna serve jail, jail time and then come back and start rapping again. I don't see that. I don't think he's gonna start rapping again. I don't. I don't that doesn't make sense to me. Why would he? He's a cop. I don't think he's gonna be that extravagant. I literally think he's just gonna get out and try to get back to doing music. It's gonna be a whole bunch of interviews, a whole bunch of questions, and at some point, he's gonna start making music and don't start hitting shots. See, I think now that, that's that's going to that because I think that's a viable argument because in today's society, people don't care about him being a snitch or whatever. But I just think. Someone would look to make a name off of him. If if Takashi comes out and starts making music and starts touring, his security budget's gonna be crazy because someone's gonna say, Well, hey, I'm the guy that shot Takashi. You know what I'm saying? But you but but you that's the thing. Is is you he a snitch, he a rat. Right. Like so it's not you don't get no points for that like that's what's supposed to happen as fucked up as that sound and I'm not advocating violence or I don't God forbid I don't want that man to lose his life but the, I mean the real street code is like alright you pop the snitch that's what's supposed to happen to him so it's not like you took down a a kingpin or no shit like that. Like, you ain't take down the plug, nigga. But here's the thing. You don't get, you don't get points for doing what's supposed to be done. But here's the thing. It's, remember, it's a different code now. Like, we know that from our era. But somebody may just want that clout. They just want that, that recognition. Just to go to some bloods and say, hey, hey, I, I, got, I handled that problem for y'all. 
Because I think if he comes out, let's just play devil's advocate. Let's play this through. If he comes out and just says, hey, I'm I'm going to start rapping again, or I'm going to be a regular but, person again. But the whole, the whole thing is, To, to use the exact phrase that you just said, I handled that problem for y'all. The problem already happened. Nigga snitched. Right. Like that phrase go. That phrase goes before he testified. Like I, we know he turned state's evidence. Like everybody about to get indicted. So whoever take him out prior to, like yo, I handled that for y'all. That's true. So nobody goes there. Like it's too late for all of that shit. Like at this point, it don't it don't fucking matter what happened to him. Shit's over with. Shit's dead. Mm, I didn't just see it. And I know these kids I know these young dudes I can see somebody doing that Think with that thought process Saying hey I did this So y'all should You know They, they might want to be a blood So they go to the blood they And say hey I did this idiot. Oh yeah Don't get me wrong I'm not saying they won't be I'm just saying I can see it happen <laughs> I can see it happen It's too big of a target There's no solving that Like Y'all ain't getting it's just too big of a target Now I can see him being Smart enough to pay for security Or whatever But then you go overseas or That doesn't last You know we, we watch things On like, like Sammy the Bull Gravano And different mob stories Where they wait years To get somebody Like remember back in 87 you snitched on me You're dead Mm-hmm. They do shit like that. So I don't see him coming back as a rapper because of that. Like, he can get out of jail and be a regular person. I don't see that either. But I don't see him rapping and going on tour because his life is going to be threatened for the rest of his life. I mean, I feel like regardless of what he does to a certain degree, that's what's going to happen. But. At the same token, like, you can't go work a regular 9 to 5 with a big ass 6 9 tattooed on the side of your face. This, is, like, this is true. Like, that doesn't work. Like, you are limited in your options at this point. So, but sad to say, the, the, the code of ethics as we, as we know them don't exist in um today's generation with the music so he'll literally be able to come out and get back to business and then I mean case in point it's already um the little narrative joint with um Angie Martinez yeah set up when he come out like he already has I'm pretty sure he has a whole um rollout or, or, or you know schedule when he gets out as far as interviews and you know touring and you know stating his side and all of that that's going to be a whole nother year of just him telling his side of the story out of with his own words but I can't see him rapping that same style because his rap was so aggressive because he had a thousand blood niggas behind him. He don't have them no more. He has him. Oh no, now 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 it's repentive rap. Hmm. It's repentive rap. 
it's, it's <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> repentive rap. <laughs> it's, it's, it's repentive rap. It's basically um, the you know through the through the situation that I've been through. I understand the errors of my ways, and you know I'm not advocating <laughs> this. I'm not advocating that. Um, I want to put out music that's more positive and do this for the community. It's that song and dance. That's funny. It's Kanye West being religious. Oh, that that's a perfect analogy. <laughs> I don't I just I'm interested to see how it folds. I know in my personal opinion how it's gonna happen for Officer Hernandez. I'm sorry, Special Agent Hernandez. I just wanna see how it flows out. Cause I kinda told y'all this was gonna happen before it happened. I told y'all this. Listen to last year's podcast. I told y'all all these things. So Special Agent Hernandez, we're on to you. Stay away from me. <laughs> Don't come to something in the water. Wouldn't that be hilarious if there's something in the water? <laughs> nah, you wouldn't be out by then. I no. want... Let's see. Do I need book for that shit. Yeah, nobody's touching him. I, I really... I'm curious to see what he does. Because... I'm just curious to see what he does. <laughs> it's going to be something to watch. Now, I don't... Want him to succeed Because I think um, Yeah I said that um, I think if you do the crown you do the time If you're man enough to do do what you did To get in trouble You should be man enough to take the credit You snitch on somebody then You deserve everything that comes to you That's my opinion that's my philosophy But um, it's going to be interesting to watch I'll say that Now I want to get into it's the end of the year. The end of the, the year, you'll see a lot of lists, and we're going to do our own next show of the top albums of the year. Well, it's also the end of the decade, so a lot of people have put out their top albums of the decade. Um, and I think, who's this? Um, Rap Caviar, who's on Spotify, for those who don't know, put out their list, and I wanted to go over some of their selections here for their top 10 albums of the decade. Um, hip-hop albums anyway uh, number 10 is chance to rapper with acid rap um nine yg my crazy life eight nipsey hustle victory lap uh seven travis sky astro world six um, future dirty sprite two five rick ross teflon don four drake nothing was the same Three, Kendrick Lamar, damn. Two, Kendrick Lamar, good kid, Man City. And I'm seeing this so many places, so I'm going to go ahead and say the unanimous pick for the number one album of the 2010s, Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I don't agree with that album being the top ten album of the, of the decade, but I can't think of anything else right now. But gee, this list here that I just went over here, what what, and it's a, such a broad de- it's a decade, so it's a lot. But is there anything you would take off or replace? Hold on, hold on, because I'm, I'm my bad. I lost my place. I'm looking for the list again. Okay, you guys, you guys scroll all the way up. <laughs> huh? You got, I'm a um. Shit. You gotta scroll all the way up. It's all the way up, all the way up in the chat. We have a group chat, y'all. For me, I was listening to another podcast. Go ahead. You got it? 
Nah, shit. I got it. it. No, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a repost. I'm gonna share it again. So I listened to another podcast, and some people, some people have actually said "Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" is maybe the best album in hip hop history. And I just want everyone to understand why that is a great album. And this is a hot take from Wade. Heard it here first. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is nothing but the East Coast version of 2001. Dr. Dre's 2001. That's all it is. Relax. That's all it is. I would add to Pimple Butterfly to this list. You got Good Kid, Mad City. You got Damn. I wasn't really, and I guess my whole issue with Future, I've said it before, I think my piss is too clean to be really in the future. So I would take Future off Dirty Sprite 2, which was a good album. But as a top 10 album of the decade, I would remove that. Exactly. And I would put that. Um, I'm really shocked is not any shitty cold placement on here at all. That's um, true. That's true as well. That's always the, the thing with Nipsey. From, from now on, you're going to wonder that at this point. Now, I will say to our credit, we had Victory Lap on our list last year before he passed. Oh, yeah. So Cause, we, cause can, we can... It was... Victory Lap, Victory Lap was... It is a hell of a fucking album. It is. It's a hell of a fucking album. It is. So we, we can definitely say the, that, the hey, only, we were on the Victory Lap The only thing you differed about was the placement between one and two of the year. That's the only thing we differed on. Matter of fact, let me, I still have that saved here. Let me go to our last year's listing here. Um, 
Yeah, you had Victory Lab as the number one album last year. It was between him and J-Rock. Yeah, you, yep, exactly. You had Victory Lab number one. I had number two. I had J-Rock number one. You had number two. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. That was the only, that was the only difference. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, we were on Victory Lap and Nipsey a while ago. So we we can actually say this from an honest opinion. But that's yeah, gonna be that's gonna be something. Opinion, uh, he he is, is definitely in the top ten. It was it was a phenomenal album. Um, I'm still gonna give J Rock his credit. <clears throat> yeah, it might it might not have made it top ten of the decade, but um, definitely an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, um, everything else on the list and also if we're talking about the decade you don't have any Drake albums on the list you said who? any Drake any Drake albums on the list no nah, Drake's on there Drake's on number 4 oh yeah nothing was saying that's right okay yeah I'm good <laughs> Now I I have my beautiful dark twisted fantasy on the list, just not the number one album of the of the, you know of the decade. Um, for and a lot of people, what they're naturally going to ask, okay, so what would you have as the number one album? I don't know yet, but I don't think that's it. I gotta really look, and I'm not gonna give y'all a top album of the decade. That's too much work. We'll give y'all a top five of 2019. Hopefully next week. Hopefully. Hopefully. And speaking of which, Barack Obama literally just released his top favorite movies of 2019. Um, some of the movies he mentioned, uh, Booksmart, Forrest Ferrari, The Irishman, Parasite. He also has a quick list of TV shows that he considered as powerful as movies. Watchmen was one of them and unbelievable. It's on his Instagram. Go check it out. You know, our president forever, Barack Obama. <laughs> president forever. Like Now, something that, that struck me, G, and I put this in the chat, and I thought this was interesting. It's like a trivia question, I think. This is going to be, this is going down as a trivia question. So I'm going to pose it to the Uncut Nation as a trivia question. Who is the first and only solo rapper in history to go number one with an album totally arranged and produced by themselves? A lot of y'all wondering. A lot of y'all gonna say J. Cole probably. But Come on, you said who was? The number one the first and only solo rapper in history to go number one on Billboard with an album was produced and arranged entirely alone. I know a lot of people here that's gonna oh. say they're gonna say J. Cole. Tyler the creator. Yeah, it's Tyler. You don't think about Tyler and, and I hate I hate that. That album Ego is put as a rap album because he didn't. I don't think I don't think he rapped on the entire album. He didn't rap. He didn't rap. It's an album from a rapper. 
but I hate that it's put as a rap album. It's not a rap album. Yeah, I hate that. Because if you look at a lot of people's lists for their top rap albums of 2019, they put Igor listed. And I'm like, that's not a rap album at all. It's not at all. At all. So stop putting that, that on your was, list. That was the initial shot when I was listening to it. I was waiting for the nigga to rap. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, uh, okay, well, he, he, he's not rapping on this one. Yeah, he's not rapping. I mean, it's a good album, but he's not rapping at all. Like, at all. Um, And also, you know this time of the year, Jay-Z releases a playlist on Tidal. And a lot of people, and we've said this before on um, last year, a lot of people think making Jay-Z's playlist is almost bigger than winning any award. Because, I mean, you know, Hov is checking you out. But to me, and I hate to be that, that guy. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this, this started happening after Barack was doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, the, I mean, he does, he does own a streaming site, so it, it perfectly makes sense. Yeah. And the playlist is longer than it was last year. I want to say last year maybe like 19, 20 songs. This year's yeah, like, this year like 40. Yeah. <laughs> it's the so, longest spot. Yeah, I, I'm not going over all these songs, but some of the highlights, um, Hard on Ice by Rod Wave. If you're not up on Rod Wave, go check him out. It's a real soulful dude. Um... Let's see, Highest in the Room, of course, by um, Travis Scott, uh, Earthquake, Tyler, the Creator. Um, he has the baby up here like three times. Um, with um, Look, the baby crushed. Yeah, the baby, <laughs> the baby had a great 2019. Yeah, the baby crushed. Like, he did what the fuck he was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, Snow Allegra's listed. Uh, Rick Ross and Drake both their songs on Gold Roses and Money in the Grave. Um, he has followed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cole <laughs> Middle Child's he listed. Um, Follow God by Kanye West. Uh, a bunch of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion. I don't know if you already said it. Can only hear you, uh, Meg. Yeah, Meg. It's a it's a, a lengthy list. Of course, you can go on title and hear their entire playlist. Um, and a lot of people, of course, it's it's like a it's like its own award. You know, Jay Z's looking at you, the God Himself. Pause. Um, <laughs> is looking at you, so it's a good look for Jay to say, "Hey, you're my favorite song of the year." It's a good look. Yep. And normally, this is a part of the show where I turn it over to Scan for her song of the week. Um, but Scan, like I said, she had a hard out pause. <laughs> so she had to get out of here. So, G, what do you have streaming for us? Uh, let's see. This week, G Herbo Sessions, uh, Travis Scott and Jack Boys. Then the project is called Jack Boys. Cameron, Purple Haze 2. Uh, Wild Wave, Get a Gospel. Uh, Romeo Miller. Hidden Treasures, Doughboy, uh, Streets Nini 2, and I don't even know how to pronounce his first name, Malik Souls, uh, 
Less cap, more trap. I like that title. I like that. Um, I'm telling y'all now, I'm on this early. So when he blows up next year, say you heard it here first. Go listen to that Ride Wave project. It's a good project. You said who? Ride Wave. That's the that's Oh yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like I like that kid. It's nice. Go check out that project. Um, that's it for us. I feel like we're ending so early because we don't have like the song or anything else. Uh next week we will give y'all our top albums of 2019. Um like we did last year. Um and I think that's it for next week's show. Uh, make sure you follow us on online Instagram, of course, wordswithwade.com. Follow Words of Wade on um, all social media platforms. Follow G, follow Scan, follow me. Um, follow our YouTube page. I need to upload the videos. I have a bunch of videos I'm going to upload real soon. We're waiting for one video to be finished being um, edited. Uh, I think that's it. Anything else, Chief, before we get out of here? That's it for me. Alright, so I wanna say happy new year to everybody rocking with us um for the last year. Uh we actually it's funny, G, I was just thinking about this on the way here. We switched to this studio at the beginning of last year. So we had a full year at this studio. So it's it's um feels good to be home. So it's gonna be been a dope year. Yeah, it's been a good year. It's been a it's been an interesting year. Uh, I, I'll admit to uh, making some mistakes. Shout out to Just, my guy Just behind the boards. Shout out to Ari. Yeah, shout out to Just. Shout out to um, In the City Kids. Appreciate y'all having us in the house. <laughs> uh, shout out to everybody who made this show what it was. We couldn't do it without y'all. And hopefully next year, bigger and better things. Um, so for G, for Scan, for me, um, as always. As always. You may agree with everything we say. Uh-huh. You may not agree with everything we say. Okay. But one thing you can agree with. What's that? We keep it uncut. Uncut. Until next time. No, no. Until next year. <laughs> we catch you on the internet. Cheer. Cheer.